hello and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I am your host, John Harris, and creeping around here somewhere is my right-hand man, Gabriel. And today on the Rock Metal Podcast, we have Winter Nights. They have a new EP called Sky Barrel, released on August 18th. Right now, I'm being joined by Jeremy to share some more information about this stellar release, as well as what's going on. How to get a barrel in the sky. That sounds cool. So, Jeremy, welcome to the show. Hey, glad to be on. Jeremy here from Winter Nights. Loving it, loving it. Beautiful, baby. So, Sky Burial. The funny thing is, how did you guys come up with that name? Because, I mean, obviously, that's how I want to go. <laughs> uh, we have an album out from six years ago, I want to say. Seven years ago. And it kind of sort of played around with the theme of vultures the idea of carcasses, death, uh, mortis, all that good death metal stuff. And, you know, as every band thinks about, you know, winter nights, the season, and you think about wolves and crows and all of that good old winter stuff. For me, I, I, I didn't want to go so much cliche, so I liked the theme of vultures. You know, they're, they're, when you see a vulture, you think of death, you know, and... We sing about a lot to do with dying or the departed or afterlife, whatever it is. So six years ago, we had that, and we, we, we decided on our album cover, we didn't have any vultures, but on our banners for live stage, we decided to have vultures. And then we got T-shirts printed with the banner on it. People went crazy over it. Six years later, we released the album last year, which deemed a vulture being chained down with the earth around him crumbling. And he's still chained down, trying to fly away. So the album talked about just being free, but not free, so to speak. Again, a metaphor is time around the vultures. So I just thought about everything to do with vultures and I actually looked up their, their history and Sky Burial was the name of the album instantly. As soon as I, I figured out that's what they do in Tibet and other regions around there, it's the most fucking awesome thing I ever heard in my life. Um, so I studied for like, I don't know, about the whole beginning of the pandemic, maybe six months or whatever it was, and then wrote the album, and then we did the music and recorded like a month later in October last year. And... Everything surrounding it made sense. We even got keyboardists on there to be more like eerie feeling and, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Did you guys do the keyboards or did you commission that out? Commissioned it out. So, uh, so he's a guy named Marco from Finland and Marco Sneck. And he was on some of my favorite albums from the nine, late 90s and early 2000s, which was the band Kalama, Poison Black, Man Eating Tree, a lot of these Finnish type of atmospheric bands. And I couldn't think of a better person I wanted than, than one of my favorite keyboardists to be on the album. So I just reached out, and it's the pandemic, so everybody had nothing to do and a lot of money to gain, so he was ready to go. <laughs> Beautiful. How did you reach out to him? Did you have his contact information? He, you know, Scandinavian people are really hard to find <laughs> any information on. I just went through Facebook and waited till he responded, to be honest. And of course, like I, you know, I over the years been sort of tracking my favorite artists around the world, so it wasn't so hard. But you know, it took like a month for him to respond. So that was that. Yeah, you mentioned a couple of really killer records there, Poison Black and whatnot. <laughs> I guess it's from the 
the credits in the in the album. I should look myself. I love their sound. I know Two Madsen did a lot of their production, mixing, and mastering for a while. Yep, yep. We were gonna actually mix with him. We, but he wasn't available at the time. I guess he still had a lot of work last year, the early this year. I don't, I don't actually remember what year I'm in. But um, uh, we went with a different guy who's from Finland, um, Ati, and I can't pronounce the last name, Kokorun um, or some weird Finnish stuff. Anyway, he <laughs> produced, he helped mix and master like a lot of same albums, Nightwish, Kama, uh, Behemoth, those type of things. So. We went with him, and it was it was just as good as I assume that Madsen would have done it. So we were happy with that, mm-hmm. you know. And he's worked with uh, the keyboardist before, so it's kind. Of- yeah, I see it here. Achti Kordelainen. Yeah, exactly. Kordelainen. <laughs> cool. Sweetness. Okay. Now I was looking it up to mention album six or seven years ago, and then. All of a sudden, just raging hard into work. We've got an EP in 2020. Now we have another EP in 2021. Uh, I guess kind of a basic question. Why the hiatus? And when you came back, was there anything in particular that you were looking to maybe do differently? Yeah, uh, the hiatus was because we were going through a really bad drummer situation. Not in the sense of having bad blood, but we... 2014, as soon as we released our that album, the full end there, we had to part ways with our drummer. He had to do different things. And then two years later, we have a drummer. We recorded half that album, which we released in 2020, and he had to move to Hawaii, work-related, work-related reasons. Uh, not a bad move, but still, it puts us in a dump. Spent a year working with a new drummer, recorded the other half of the album. He decides to leave to Denver, Colorado, for, I guess, family-related reasons. I don't know. <laughs> and then, you know, at, at that point, we're like, we need to figure out how to keep a fucking drummer at this damn point because, you know, it, it's getting ridiculous. So we, we we went through a couple of commissioned drummers, you know, for shows and a couple little parties and stuff. It worked out, but we didn't connect with anybody. Uh, we finally found a drummer in 2019 who didn't have another band, they don't have a family yet and wasn't looking to go away anytime soon because he loves his job in New York. So we're like, okay, great. Uh, we started work with him and he just became a, like a, a breath of new wind because breath of fresh air. He's just pushing us. New song, new song, new song, new album. I think it was because he, he was playing songs from other drummers on our previous records and he didn't want to fucking do that anymore. So I think he was pushing, pushing, pushing. One of the reasons, but besides, of course, having your own music out is great. But um, we went straight forward with him. This is his album, Skyburn. This is his first album with us. The other one was just six years of other drummers and stuff going on. And in 2020, that was released. Skyburn was his first album. And he just went straight for it. Like, he did all the recording in one day, straight through drums. And we were ready recording this month for our next album. So we're ready to, like, push in, in, in uh, wintertime, get another album out. Probably an EP at this point. Mm-hmm. Nothing falling. All right. Drummer, um, drummer problems. Everybody in the comment section down below, have you ever had, <laughs> have you ever had drummer problems? Hmm. <laughs> um. And we had a lot, a lot of time to spare with the pandemic, obviously. So that helped us a lot. We never stopped doing anything. We never 
like we always went to the studio every week, even though the whole city is shut down. New York City here, you can't. You have to like bike to the studio from Staten Island or something like that, and everything is shut down. But we're like, fuck it, we're gonna go to the studio. We're gonna play music. You know, we're gonna be safe about it but you know we have a big enough studio to be safe about it and we all get tested because we all we all were working during the pandemic and like we never stopped in our, in our in our offices and buildings what we do for work is you know hands-on work plumbing and stuff we never stopped so it was just like if we, we never stopped working why should we stop practicing so we just kept going and going and now we have like I could probably have a hard drive probably of like 40 songs that I did over the pandemic that may be on an album or not. Yeah. You know, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> now, I guess one of my next questions, or actually what we'll do instead is I'll mention that in show, today's show notes, we have the band's website, winternights.bandcamp.com, as well as links to two videos that are available, I Pray to I and Time to Say Goodbye. And in the pre-roll, Jeremy, you mentioned that at time of recording – I Pray to I was released about a week ago, and it was crazy. So take us through, <laughs> take us through the craziness. Well, we hired these PR companies to release the video, and I didn't think. Wait, I hired a couple. Like I hired, I tried to cover my bases around the world, which was like Scandinavia. There's one PR company. I, they don't really like talk to us too much, but they, they send stuff out to magazines and stuff. Then there's one from Portugal, and then there's one from England, and there's one from the United States. And usually they don't really work together, but somehow this time they were able to actually work together. And then there's like, the video gets released in like some little magazine in like Romania. And I'm like, how is that even possible? Okay, same day, fine. I'm happy with it. And we have these reviews on the album. So I was actually happy that you know, I probably got like, I don't know, 100 emails about would you like to do this in a magazine? Would you like to do this podcast? Would you like to do this interview? So I was like, in one day, I was like, just kind of like um, bombarded with stuff, which I never had before. I mean, I'm sure like, you know, superstar bands have this all every day or whatever, you know. But for me, it was just like crap. Like I'm sending out to the guys in the band like, I don't know what to do with this. You can you figure that out, like questionnaires and all these kind of stuff. And of course, the people, you know, friends and family who are saying stuff to us is cool too, you know. But it's better when you hear it from people you don't know. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Portugal, shout out to Katya over at Against PR who was able to get us connected because PR is important. So what I love that you said, to take a, a moment really quick, is... The moment that you decide to go from being a local band to being a professional band, and part of that is putting your pennies into getting some PR coverage, and all of a sudden, the world knows that you've released something rather than just releasing something and watching it do nothing. Yeah, we've we've been there. (laughs) We haven't been around that long, but I guess we're sort of whatever you call mature, because I'm not mature at all, but sort of mature enough to uh, understand that if you release it locally, it stays locally. You know, your friends and family hear it, people at shows, great. But you, whatever you've worked on, it's a masterpiece, no matter who, who you are. You know, it's your baby, no matter if it's if people don't like it or they do. So I, I think of it as like, get out to as many people as possible, even if it's just 100 euro here, 100 euro there. Everybody, you know, you got four or five band members, it's easy money. Just, you know, if they have it, great, you know. And just get out to as many people as possible. I work with a guy from Russia now 
who's distributing, who's going to be distributing our Sky Burial CDs. And I thought it was kind of weird to have it shipped from Russia here. Mm-hmm. But in a way, he's like, it's not only going to be shipped to the United States. I'm going to hit all the magazines and labels along the way in Europe. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Yeah, let's work together. And it was like the most minimal cost you could think of. Like, I I love America, but it's insane prices with PR and CD, CD replications, duplications, vinyls. We get our stuff shipped out from, like, I don't know, uh, Czechoslovakia or Czech Republic, whatever, and uh, Romania and stuff like that, because it's half the price, even with the shipping. So, yeah, that's yeah. I I go with PR every day, like no matter where you are, get get your shit out to the world, you know. <laughs> you have to, baby. You have to. Well, and the other the cool thing about modern day, and especially in this pandemic, <clears throat> that I was surprised by the music industry is the band could be from Finland. Their manager is from California. Their tour manager is from canada their record label is from germany the the vinyls are coming from romania it's just like the whole world is connected via the internet now yeah it's it's a big world out there when we play with bands sometimes i i recognize that that their tour manager or their manager or whoever is there is from a different country i'm like oh that's interesting usually i don't understand nothing they say but it's cool to have that diversity you know it is, baby. Now, I'm looking at that eight string. You said you're trying to figure it out. Is the eight string on the record? No, it is not. Oh. I didn't want to. Uh, <laughs> seven strings on, on, on the whole record. Only seven strings. But that's like a. So that was, I got in a trade deal. It's not the best guitar, but I, I changed the pickups and a bunch of stuff in it to make it a better guitar. I got it in a trade deal, and. We have a guitar tech um, here in the city, Bonk Services, and he he's, he works. He goes on tour with like Nightwish and those type of bands, so we trust him. I gave him the guitar, and he looks at me and says, "Like this is the worst one of the worst guitars I've ever had seen and worked on, because it was just black stuff on the fretboard, and the strings were like horrible. All the electronics were just like dusted and burnt out." And I'm like, "Can you do anything with it, or did I get a bad trade deal here?" And he's like. I'll work on it. So you know, he spent a couple of weeks on it. It was amazing, and now it's it's it sounds really good. But I just I'm not accustomed to the, the the big neck and how it how it's supposed to play at least. Mm-hmm. I think maybe on the next record you guys are doing just just some chugs, just some like low drop <laughs> cue chugs. You know, I have it in such a weird tuning that it's probably like on I don't know. It's, this goes flubbity, flubbity, flubbity at this point. I got to figure out the tuning. <laughs> yeah. Anybody, any guitar players in the comments section using an eight string, what are your thoughts? What are you, what are you struggling with? What was the key point? Do you like using the eight string? I think it's easier said than done because I see some bands doing it, but whenever I hear about working with them, it sounds like a nightmare to uh, keep in tune, find the right string gauge, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. That's <laughs> it, it's a work in progress. Just like seven string took a while, six string took a while for me too. So yeah. back in the day, beautiful. Well, neither yeah. faith nor fear will get you there, my friend. Mm-hmm. And if it's time to say goodbye to the eight string, you might have to do that. Give it a sky <laughs> burial. I like where you're going with this. <laughs> yeah, just don't forget that after you do that, you pray to you, or I pray to I, or whatever, and you know. Yeah. Goes, nice. <laughs> goes from there, baby. Sweet. So winternights.bandcamp.com available in today's show notes as well as links to I Pray to I and Time to Say Goodbye, the 
EP, Sky Burial, out August 18th, available everywhere you consume music. Jeremy, is there anything I missed? No. Uh, besides Neither Fate Nor Fear, I just want to mention a comment about it. Uh, I made that song up maybe 15 years ago, and it was, I don't know, there's a lot of stuff going on, like good and bad, you know, life stuff, family, jail, sh- stupid shit like that. When you're, in your, when you're young 20s, you know, you do the craziest shit in the world. But um, the song was made up about not believing in a, a, a denomination like religion or whatever, or following a cult or whatever the people do these days or back then. And it's not about, and it, it's about, songs about also not letting fear give in to you. So I made it a long time ago, 15 years. Um, the reason why it's so short, I got a lot of questions about it. The song, actual music is only like two minutes long, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I made it back then. And that's how the song felt good. And I think that the idea of it, of the uh, express, it, get, it gets its point out within those two minutes. If, if I could, I don't know. That's a question I've been getting a lot. So I wanted to like get that out there. <laughs> or every old song. So. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for that, Jeremy. Once again, winternice.bandcamp.com, available in today's show notes, as well as links to I Pray to I and Time to Say Goodbye, the EP Sky Burial, out August 18th, available everywhere you consume music. Jeremy, thank you so much for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast today. Thank you, John. This is great. Cheers. Yeah.